Welcome. 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 Welcome to Baseball Mainly. Baseball Mainly. Baseball Mainly. Baseball Mainly. Welcome to Baseball Mainly. Hey, here we are again on Baseball Mainly. Another Tuesday. I love that intro. I, I just love it when Holly goes. <laughs> Giving us a thumbs up. Yeah, I like that. That's my favorite emoji on my phone. It's the, the thumbs only up. one I know how to use. <laughs> <laughs> and it, and it's, it's perfect for everything. If somebody asks you a question, you just give them the thumbs up. What happens if you have to disagree with them? Oh, is there a thumbs down? I've never used there, it. There is a thumbs there down. Is. Oh, we're going to have to. Yeah. See, that's all you really There's also need. a middle finger where you... No, nah, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> we, hey. we, we call that the Proman pointer. Yeah. <laughs> hey, with us today is Corey, our uh, our general manager. Hey. Stuart. Yep. Corey has decided to buy the Tigers mm-hmm. if he wins the lottery and he has a billion dollars. Yep. So, uh, and he told me I could be president. So yep. So, I'm, I'm kind of excited about that. Yeah. But you better hurry, man. I know. I don't have a lot of time left. <laughs> And then also with us today, as usual, is Ethan, the Statman Perlman. Yep. Ethan, you're an amazing guy. Have all those stats in, in between those ears and just be able to spew them out whenever you want. And if you don't know them, just look them up on the computer. I was just going to say, I should just make them up if I don't know them. There you go. Are you jumping ship on us? My jump? Oh, uh, you know, I figured this week it was, you know, Tigers... Not doing so hot. So I'm going to switch it up. Go with that baby blue? Yeah. Go with the Rockies. Actually, actually, the reason why I'm wearing the Rockies hat was I was dog-sitting for a friend of mine, and my tiger hat has dog hair all over it. So <laughs> I kind of got to take the lint roller to it before I bring it back in the studio. There's some double meaning to the tiger hat having dog hair all over it. Hair of the dog. Anyway, uh, this day in baseball history, Ethan has some things to tell us, and I looked up some things about this, and it's pretty interesting. Yep, so the first one, 1928, the A's player manager, Ty Cobb, collects the last hit of his career when he doubles off of right-hander Bump Hadley in the team's 6-1 to loss to the Washington, or to Washington, no name, at Griffith Stadium, the 41-year-old Georgia Peach will end his playing days establishing the major league record for hits at 4,191, which remains the record until Pete Rose surpasses it in 85. Hmm. So uh, here's here's a question. The A's, I thought he played for the Tigers. Where were the A's, Corey? Not in Oakland. No. The city of brotherly love. That's right. Philadelphia. Philo means uh, to love in a brotherly way. Mm-hmm. Adolfas is brother, mm. the city of brother love, brotherly love. It's uh, Greek, uh-huh. just so you'll know. Just like in the movie My Big Fat Greek Wedding, <laughs> everything is Greek. <laughs> the more uh, you know. So where'd the A's go after Philadelphia? Uh, I, I keep asking questions until he, you guys don't know the answer. The stat man should know this. Yeah, I'm not 100% sure. I know it was in Oakland, but Texas. it's in Kansas City. Kansas okay. City. Kansas City A's and then on to Oakland. Yeah. Uh, what else happened? Uh, 1961, Mickey Mantle and Roger Maris become the first teammates to hit 50 home runs each in the same season when the Mick goes deep twice, including a round tripper in the ninth to tie the score 8-5. to five. Uh, the Yankees would end up winning 8-5 to five over the Tigers at the Bronx. Maris and Mickey Mantle, this was the year that they both were going after Babe Ruth's season 
a single season record of 60. At this point, Roger Maris had 53 homers. Did you see the movie 61? Yeah. Yes. Billy Crystal's movie, great, mm-hmm. great movie. Mm-hmm. Filmed at Tiger Stadium. Mm-hmm. Yep. Made to look like that. Uh, hey, um, Maris was born, I believe, in Fargo, North Dakota. If you ever go to Fargo, wear a jacket. Yeah, <laughs> we're a parka. But there's a, a mall there, a shopping mall, that has the Roger Maris Museum in it. Hmm. It's like a corner shop that you walk in, and it's just a little vestibule you walk into. It has uh, some seats, probably from Yankee Stadium. It has a video playing of the career of Maris. Uh, and some of the memorabilia, and it's you know what if you it only takes fifteen minutes to look around there. It's worth doing if you're ever in Fargo. Sure. And besides that, there's not much else to do. <laughs> <laughs> we shouldn't make fun of Fargo. We live in Detroit. Um, At least we have buildings, though. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure this museum is in a building. I don't. Well, think it's just bigger there. buildings. <laughs> yeah, they need a boy. The heating bills out there have to be unbelievable. In 1961, though. Roger Maris did not win the batting title. Who did? It was my favorite Detroit Tiger, oh. Norm Cash. Yeah, Cash. Who batted 361 that year. 61 was a big year for 61s. Mm-hmm. 61 home runs. Mm-hmm. 1961, and Cash hit 361. That's how mm. I remember all of that. Uh, and, you know, Mantle had a, had a chance at it, too, but he, he didn't, he wasn't completely healthy all that season. Nope. Boy, they you talk about guys hitting home runs. Amazing. They're, they were almost as good as the Minnesota Twins this year. Uh, what happened Balls to, were juiced. There you go. Yeah, they must have been. Uh, 2013. Yes, 2013. Max Scherzer has an opportunity to become the second pitcher to start a season with a 20-1 and record, but the hopes are dashed when John Lester and the Red Sox beat the Tigers at Fenway 2-1, to which allows Roger Clemens to remain the only pitcher to start a season 20-1 and when he went 20-3 and in 2001. I'm kind of a, kind of amazed that McLean wasn't 20-1. and He must have lost a few of those games early in the season. Mm-hmm. Because he was lights out the rest of the way. Yeah. No matter what you think of Denny McLean, that was an incredible year, 1968. Hmm. And uh, unfortunately for Mickey Lolich, he was overshadowed that year. Yeah. Um, but that's still incredible. Any, any pitcher that wins 20 games, especially huge in this era, mm-hmm. is amazing. Because guys come out after a certain amount of pitches. Yeah, it's not like and, they don't go. In, in, in the days of my youth... Guys throw 200 pitches in a mm-hmm. game. If you're if you're cruising, you're cruising. Yeah, and uh, you get in a little trouble, you worked your way out of it. And anyway, uh, that's still quite a feat by Mr. Scherzer to have even been close. Scherzer made some pretty epic leaps when he was here. Yeah, he's he's uh, certainly one of the best pitchers in baseball. I'd say so. Uh, pretty impressive. But, but speaking of impressive, we have a new sponsor this week. <gasps> Ooh. And I'm excited uh, because it's from an industry I came from, the mortgage industry. Century Mortgage Lending from Birmingham, Michigan, has uh, taken us on, and we're thrilled to have them. Century Mortgage uh, Lending has uh, refinanced my house going on twice now. 
nice. done an incredible job for me. Uh, they do an amazing job. You need a refinance. You want to get pre-approved for a purchase. Mm -hmm. Great time to buy a house right now. Rates are low. Yeah. Uh, you should give them a call. They're at 248-258-4977. You can also take a look at their website, which is CenturyMI.com. Um, take a look at the website. There'll be information on how to apply, how to make contact with any of their loan originators. Mm -hmm. Or you can just call their number, 248-258-4977, and get a good idea of what it would take to refinance your home, to buy a new home. Perhaps you want to do a cash-out refinance and take care of some of those issues around your house that need repair. Mm -hmm. uh, homes tend to have a lot of equity right now. You could take some of that equity and put it to work at a very low interest rate. Their NMLS number is 134525. They're an equal housing lender. I recommend that you give them a call today. And when you do, mention you heard them on Baseball Ball mainly, mainly from, mm -hmm. from nrmstreamcast.com. Hey That's CenturyMI.com, or contact them at 248-258-4977. That's music gotta, to my ears, Jess. Yes. Got to get, get the buzz, man. <laughs> hey, um, oh. well, speaking of great, uh, great pitchers, we had uh, something happen with Verlander this week, but we also had uh, something, something yep. tragic happen mm -hmm. in the yep. Tiger organization. Um, I think a week, a week or so back, uh, Tiger catcher or Tiger prospect catcher at Erie, Chase Numata, passed or got into a skateboarding accident, and as of this weekend, he passed away at the age of 27. And from so from severe head injury. Yeah, from the yeah. skateboarding accident. Well, here's here's what I've read about it. It was 2 a.m. in the morning. Mm -hmm. He was on his way home mm -hmm. on an electric skateboard. Oh. Um, you know, a young guy, 27 years sure. old. You oh, know. Wait, I know that. I've never heard of an electric skateboard. Yeah, it's like, the, you know, the scooters <laughs> yeah, that they the have scooters, now. Yeah. So it's a skateboard with a motor on it, and you just oh. control it with a uh, okay. little remote. Sounds like it stops suddenly, like maybe hit a gap crap in a sidewalk or, a crack, yeah, or, crack or something. Yep. Mm -hmm. And the skateboard stopped, and he didn't. He went flying. And, and he went, was unconscious immediately and, and never regained consciousness, mm. which I guess is, is good. You know, yeah. I mean, if you're going to go, you don't want to see it coming. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, we, our condolences to the Tiger organization mm -hmm. and especially to Chase's family. Yeah. Um, I don't know that this guy was ever going to make it all the way to the big leagues, but he had made it to AAA. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, certainly looked like. This guy might have had a future as a coach. He mm -hmm. was very well liked and respected yeah. by uh, his peers in, mm -hmm. uh, in the Well, and a lot, of, a lot of them talked about it after the game yesterday that, uh, you know, because a lot of our current roster would played with him at Erie or Toledo. Mm -hmm. And so it, it, it hit very much to home to the players because there's not that gap of like, right. I really didn't know the guy, but, you know, we wish no. the best to his family. A lot of them had connections with yeah. him, and it's it's never easy. I'm sure he was a teammate of Jake Rogers at some point along, Te teammate the, along the way. Teammate of Jake Rogers. Um, we'll talk about this individual later in the show. He was a teammate to Brian Garcia, a teammate to Dwell Lugo, I believe. So he was a teammate to pretty much a, a good handful of the current roster. Hmm. Well, uh, speaking of our Tigers, uh, what do you think this week? Well... 
We're fighting for that number one draft pick. That's all <laughs> I got to say. You know, they're playing under 300 ball. Yep. It's uh, it's it's got to be tearing Gardner up. I mean, it's hard I, I, to go out there every day and watch. You know, they had a lead he's yesterday. He's got a lot of patience. You know, I wa- I watched the after the post you know game mm-hmm. interviews that they have with him, and it's just like, why do you guys keep asking the same questions? You know that he's struggling as a manager <laughs> right now to just hold any sort of patience. I mean, he's uh, I have to hand it to Gardner because he's keeping his cool. He's keeping a level head. He's keeping po- staying positive. He's looking at it as this is all learning experience, but man, I mean that's got, that's rough. That's rough to 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 potentially lose 119 games in a season. That's that's got to be that's got to be something that he's dwelling on ever since back in probably early June, late you know late May. They've got to win at least three more not to tie the all-time uh-huh. record. Well, they do have a matchup coming up soon against Baltimore. So, oh, yeah. that, that gives you a good <laughs> shot at winning at least two. But they play maybe three. They play um, both of the other, you know, the teams fighting for first place yeah. in the Central. Yeah. yeah. They, but they only play actually play three more games against Minnesota yeah. and, and three more games against yeah. Cleveland. And we're we're actually going to talk about Minnesota and Cleveland later in the show and sure. show you the remaining games they got. But we play also the, the we play we play the White Sox again too, yeah. don't we? We yeah, do. so yep. it's just like, and they were beat, they've been beating up on us, well, and they're not even that good. I but. mean, same with Kansas City. I mean, Kansas City is just as awful as Detroit, and yeah. if we, you their know, record doesn't show it. Yeah, but their record also isn't that great. They're in the bottom, what, bottom, it. bottom six of the league MLB this year. Um, it's kind of sad when you have three teams in one division that are going to be in the bottom ten for two consecutive years. Well, Do well, you... we were out of town a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago. We were listening on the satellite radio. Mm-hmm. The Tigers were playing Tampa. Tigers actually played very well against Tampa. Yeah, held them to mostly Tampa one run or, or walk-offs. Good, a good team in the hunt for a wild-card spot. Mm-hmm. Right now they're in a wild-card spot. They're in that number one. They're number right one. now. Yeah, Cleveland's How? fallen to two and only has a half game lead in that second wild card Ooh. spot. Played a couple games tough against Minnesota. Mm-hmm. It seems like when they play against teams they should have a chance to beat, they just they just don't show up. Yeah, and it, they have to win, I believe, three games now in order not to finish at one twenty. Yeah, and they and if they win three, they won't finish at one twenty. They'll finish at one nineteen. So they need to win four games not to be on any of those records. Cabrera and, just hit his 475, yeah. 75th home mm-hmm. run. He just looked good. He didn't look like a natural Cabrera swing because it looked like it took everything for him to even try to get that ball out of the field. Well, but hit home runs. He, he hit a home he, run. He tied Roger Maris, though. So there it is. There you go. And to hit home runs requires a lot of lower body strength, yep. and he's hurting. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. know, leading the team is Brandon Dixon with mm-hmm. 14. Yep. And uh, right behind him is Ronnie Rodriguez. Your with boy. 13. Your boy. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> if, if, uh, How's that average looking? Well, let's not Over just talk about though. the average. Let's talk about the strikeouts. Yeah. The, it, it, how can you swing at balls that far out of the strike zone? <laughs> you know, I used to ask Nick Castellanos that same question when he was here. I believe and Nick the, Castellanos is still leading the, the Tigers yeah, in OPS. Yeah. I'll take Nick, Nick Castellanos against anybody on the team right now. Anybody. Yeah. 
He can stay in Chicago. Uh, they love he's him there. raking in Chicago. Yeah, he's raking. But you know, his OPS it, is like one point. Well, I'm, two, I'm, fi- like I'm finally happy he's sitting in a, you know, a stadium where the walls are not that far for him, so he can hit those home runs like break. Nick Castellanos can. I, I thought you were going to say so he could just run into the wall and see what it's no, like. No, I'm still waiting. Running. I'm still waiting for that. Because <laughs> that, that's going to be a totally different feeling running into well, that wall versus running into the wall. I was in Chicago two weekends ago. And we went to a Cubbies game for my buddy Matt Baum's bachelor. Hi, Matt. Um, and we went to a Cubbies game, and it was against it was against San Francisco, so really wasn't much of a matchup. But the game that we we saw, um, you know, Nick is out there in the and out in the out in right field, and he's he's waving to the fans, and he just looks like he's got a little bit more hop and skip in his in his um, you know playing for the Cubbies now. But he misplayed a ball. And you know the crowd just kind of went after him because it was a pretty routine you know fly ball that he misplayed, and the crowds just went after. I was like, dang, the Cubbies used to be a, like a fun-loving kind of. I want to go see a baseball game, and whoa, I know whoa. they're gonna lose, but I'm still gonna have fun. Was it a sunny day? It was a pretty sunny day, did but the sun his, was. Did he have his sun, sunglasses? Sun on? was beating towards uh, left field, though. But did he have his sunglasses on? I thought he was playing yeah, left field there. He's playing right field. He he he's played both. Okay. Um, well, my my only statement to that is, you, I, I I love seeing when it's a sunny day, and he got outfielders and infielders and first basemen with their sunglasses up here, <laughs> and then they get a ball hit to them and they look no, up this in one, the sky. This one just didn't look like he had legs on it. And they don't know where the ball is, mm-hmm. and then the ball drops, and they look like, oh, well, you know, I just couldn't get to it. No, it's because you don't have your sunglasses on the minute you <laughs> Hey, sometimes up. there's a lot going on where you just can't put your sunglasses on. No excuse. <laughs> Not a valid excuse well, you know, right it, there. It, it, long ago, they used to wear those flip-downs, right? Yeah. yeah. Bring those back. Uh, yeah, you don't see that very often Well, anymore. And the problem with wearing your sunglasses all the time, especially when you're in the outfield, is it's not as easy to pick up the ball off the bat. Right. It changes so a your will, uh, A lot your of guys perception. will look and go, but, okay, I can see it off the bat. Now, oh, now it's in the sun. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And there are times you'll see big leaguers, uh, even at like a Comerica, mm-hmm. they almost need sunglasses at night under the lights because yeah. mm-hmm. a, a certain level of ball will get in those lights. Well, you play down and, in uh, Tampa. It's to see. Yeah, it's playing on that roof. So a lot of people lose that because it gets well blended in with yeah. the... But, but at least um, at a lot of those stadiums now where they have the, you know, the covering, it's high enough up that if the ball's hit deeper to the park, it's not going to affected as much yeah. it's sure. more you're going to see that on an infield pop-up where y- you do tend to lose it because of how the structure of the building is sure. um although i loved it um there was a video i saw on facebook and this was a throwback to when shohei otani was still playing mm-hmm. uh, over in japan mm-hmm. and it was a ball he had hit that went through the wall or through the ceiling of the Tokyo Dome. It went through the it ceiling? Like, it was a home run, and apparently it went through something in the ceiling went out of the ballpark. That's out of the park. the only one who's ever done that. <laughs> <laughs> so I do have to say, I saw that, and I was like, yeah. you would never, you'll never see that again. No, you won't see that, especially against the guy that we're going to talk about next. Well, yeah. uh, before we move on, there are, there are some positives in this season. Uh, you know, Victor Reyes is hitting 301. That's our Rule 5 guy from last yeah. year. 
and he's 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 playing all over the outfield. He, I don't see him misplay a lot of balls. No, he's getting better. Uh, and uh, I think he's adjusting and becoming a major leaguer. And I think he's been a worthwhile pickup yeah. for us. Yeah. I also like Harold Castro. Yeah, Castro. Who's, who's yeah. putting a bat on the ball? These guys still all strike out too much, but hopefully. Sure. That improves as they go along. Yeah, I would agree with you on that one. So here, here's good news for Tiger fans. Mm. Our ace pitcher, <laughs> Justin Verlander. Yep. Oh, wait, he's not with us oh, anymore. Oh, no. <laughs> no. Uh, had his third career no-hitter this week. Yep. And you know what? I feel good. I feel good for him. I, you know, it It has to be have been hard being here the last couple of years he was here, knowing that he didn't have to leave. I don't think he really wanted to leave. I don't think he did either. That's why this was all a last-minute deal. Yeah. But this is his third no-hitter. That's, yeah. that's it, it something. Is. And we actually got a clip of the final out, so we're going to show that, uh, and then we're going to come back and talk about he's it. You had to do that to me, didn't you? Ground ball to third. Toro is there. His throw in time. Justin Verlander. Another exclamation point in a Hall of Fame career. His third career no-hitter. One of six in the history of the game with three or more and his second here at the Rogers Center. And what about that? First of all, the third baseman makes the play to end the no-hitter. But going into the top of the ninth, that game is 0-0. Zero to zero. Uh, With two outs, a runner on. Toro... Hits the two-run home run and then ends to, make, the game. to make sure that this game will end in nine innings. Mm-hmm. And I love—it's not in this video, but in a after the game when Verlander's, you know, giving his high fives, he says, "Where the fuck is Toro?" He needed to immediately find him to say thank you. <laughs> and then, of course, in an interview after the game. Uh, they ask Verlander. So, you know, typically when the you know, a player makes a big play in a no-hitter or a perfect game, you know, the pitcher tends to get them something. So, are you going to get Toro, like, a, a nice car or a watch? Or he's like, he's a rookie. He may not know that. <laughs> <laughs> so, it was a, it was just kind of a fun little joking piece that uh, Verlander threw in there. But Second no-hitter against the, the, the Toronto, Toronto Blue Jays. Yeah. The in, the game started off with him, you know, walking the second batter, the second yeah. batter, and then he just turns it on. It's just like a like a light bulb. You know, I yeah. thought he was going to get a no hitter against the Tigers a couple weeks ago when he he actually lost, he the lost that game. Yeah, the, <laughs> the two hits he gave up, one was to Ronnie Rodriguez on a on a on a curveball mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. the middle of the plate, and then Hicks. Yeah. Now if. If I'm pitching to Ronnie Rodriguez, and you know, I realize he's a major league ball player and, mm-hmm. and he's he's good, uh, but I would never throw the guy a strike. Yeah. Why would you ever? Th- the guy has tremendous power, great bat speed, but a terrible pitch selection. Thanks, Justin. I I would. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 it was a hanging breaking. Oh ball, yeah, it was. Know? It hung if right it, over there. Yeah. If it was, if it was yeah. a good Just, breaking yeah, ball. Yeah, Justin. You missed that pitch. No. I got you. <laughs> you think he was trying to help him out? No, I don't think so. Uh, the only the only guy I know that ever threw a pitch to uh, to help someone hit a home run was McLean against Mantle. Yeah. Leighton uh, Leighton Mantle's career. And yeah. It was the last time uh, we were going to see Mantle in Detroit, I believe. Mm-hmm. And McLean said, "Here it comes, man! Right down the yeah. middle." 
And Mickey didn't miss it. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm okay. I'm happy. Justin got his no-hitter. His third no-hitter. His no-hitter. I don't think it's his so, last one. I don't think it is either. I think he's got... He is... He, the, out of anybody, he should really get the award for comeback player like every single year because his numbers started to drop a little bit the last few years mm-hmm. in Detroit. And all of a sudden, his this revamp of, I'm going to work on my slider, I'm going to work on my changeup, I'm going to work on all these other pitches because I know I'm not going to be blowing them past these guys in seven, eight, nine innings. But well, 120 pitches. Yeah. The guy's a workhorse. You can tell by the excitement that he still loves the game. And I just don't know. He's Hall of Famer, hands oh, down, God, right now. About it. Well, but is he going to be a Hall of Famer for the Astros, or is he going to be a Hall of Famer for the Tigers, or does he not wear he'll, any he'll go affiliation? In, he'll go in as a Tiger you without so? a doubt, in my opinion. Because he's already said publicly that he wants to retire as a Tiger. Tiger. Um, so that that gives me good confidence that he would go in as a Tiger. Yeah. Um, but more importantly, I I thought he had already solidified his Hall of Fame career before uh, the no hitter, the third no hitter. Yeah, the third um, one. What this solidified for him was the Cy Young. He's been going back True. and forth with his teammate you know, Garrett Cole. That, that makes sense. Their numbers are pre- their the numbers are pretty much identical. Mm-hmm. This, I th- but this one was like, I, I think not after a no hitter. I think know. the no hitter is what's going to separate yeah. it. As you know, they both were dominant, but Verlander's got this accolade. Well, just remember in, what happened that year. He lost to Rick Porcello. Well, yeah, you have you to know, also he, remember he, he should legitimately have three Cy Youngs right now. Should he only has one? Yep. This will be number two. Mm-hmm. It should be number four. You'll have to remember the words of that great philosopher. Yogi Berra, who said, <laughs> it ain't over till it's, it's over. over. <laughs> hey, uh, what's going on in the American League race? Well, before we get to that, I just do want to say, so obviously he became the sixth pitcher to throw three mm-hmm. or more no-hitters. Yep. He's only the third all-time to throw two against the same team, and mm-hmm. he was the first major leaguer ever to throw two no-hitters against the same team on the road. So no other major leaguer has ever done that. Toronto must really love him. <laughs> Make sure you buy a ticket whenever he goes there, you know. Honestly, yeah. He should technically he even said this. He should have more no hitters. He just kind of gave up a couple of pitches. I think I've yeah. been to about thirteen or fourteen of the major league ballparks. Toronto being one of them. Toronto is my least favorite. Really? Why? I just it's plastic. It's, it's, just, pl- <laughs> it's a just, great word. Do you the first for time it. I was there it was just opened. Uh-huh. Uh, it wasn't called the Rogers Center there sure. then. And uh, it, the roof was leaking. And the last time I was there, uh, Toronto was in the hunt. It was mm-hmm. a few years ago. Yep. And the crowd was just maybe too much Labatt's. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and, but, you know, you're in this dome, and it's loud, <clears throat> and it's, I don't know, I just didn't like the yeah, atmosphere. Sure. It didn't look like a ballpark. Everything is, I don't know, it just... Wasn't my thing. My favorite by far is PNC Park. Yes, it's a beautiful God, setting. In it's easy to get to the park if you're you're staying downtown somewhere. You can walk. Mine's a toss up between PNC and Great American. Like, I've not been to Great American. Great American in Cincinnati. Wow, like just like PNC, right on the water. Nice downtown strip. Air's mm-hmm. blowing in. Really nice and clean. Fans are a little crazy, but not well, too bad. Be. It, yeah. They should be irate as bad as those teams have been. We we should. We should have a road trip. Let's we should do it. take a road trip and okay. go 
to uh, our favorite parks. We should do five parks next year. We should do okay. five parks that we know that we can make it Put to. It, we can make it to Comerica without it. No, 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 no. Oh, the no part, okay. the, we'll do everywhere else but Comerica. We'll okay. maybe do like a, a roundabout. I actually like Comerica yeah. with the exception of the, the exposure of the seats. Yes. I think it's on a, on a day game, and they, they schedule a lot of day games during the season. You can mm-hmm. cook your hot dog oh, without my goodness. it. Yeah, you it's can cook awful. a frozen hot dog out there. And it's got to be bad for the players right now because if the sun is shining, mm-hmm. the reflection off of those tags on the seats mm-hmm. yeah. gives you a lot of glare. And you can see those tags because there are no butts in those seats. Right. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to jump down to the AL Central race, and we're first going to talk about the Minnesota Twins, who have a five-and-a-half game lead uh, as of right now over Cleveland for the division. Mm -hmm. As you can see in our graphic, we have uh, their remaining schedule, which features Boston, Cleveland, Washington, Chicago, Detroit, and Kansas City. They'll face Cleveland twice. They're going to face the Royals twice as well within this last month. So get the Tigers and the Royals nine games. Yep. And the Sox for three games. Actually, the Royals for four games in the first matchup. Okay, so 10, 13 games against teams that are, you know, not not great. But the rest of their games are against teams that are in the hunt. Mm Mm-hmm. And, and that's uh, that's the thing with uh, Chicago, not Chicago, with Cleveland and Minnesota schedules. They face the same teams almost identically. So we're going to actually jump to Cleveland's now, and we're going to see who they're facing. And they face the Chicago White Sox twice, as well as Minnesota, and then L.A. Angels, uh, the Tigers, the Phillies, and the Washington. So they Nationals. have about they they have about equal schedule, yeah. like equal amount of. Determining factors of, of the current contenders in play, in the playoff hunt, according to ESPN, the Minnesota Twins have the easiest strength of schedule remaining. Remaining, yeah. Well, you, you don't know. It depends on who's pitching in those uh, series. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Phillies are fighting for a wild card spot. Yep. And it's it. And my, what my dad always told me was, it's whoever's getting hot towards the right. end of September. Right. Who's ever's getting hot? I mean, it it, it could be a, a switch. And it's got to be tough for Cleveland, having gotten there with Minnesota, gotten even, yeah, and then fading. So yeah. we got a very special guest on the line. So we're gonna bring him on to continue this conversation. Hey, Scott, how you doing? Good guys, what's going on? Oh, same old stuff on every Tuesday. How are you? Hey, you talk about the Phillies and late season and who gets hot. I became a Cardinal fan because I lived through the Philly <laughs> flop in '64, baby. Hey, well, you know they're they're they've been good lately, and they've you know they've taken over uh, uh, the lead in their central and. You know, they're firmly, if they were to lose that lead, they're still pretty firmly in the wild card spot. So, uh, you know, well, oh ye of little faith, Scott. No, I'm, no, I'm, I'm, uh, I think I'm starting to get pretty excited about them. I think uh, they are getting hot at the right time. Uh, Wainwright pitched a gem yesterday. And, uh, you know, they do have 7 out of 10. The last 7 out of 10 are with the Cubs. But I'd like to see them have a five-game lead when that, when that this series shows up. 
And I'd rather win a division to have a one-game wild card than go play the Dodgers. So sure. you know, I think if the, if the Cardinals can win a division, as it stands today, they play the Braves, so I think they can beat. And then anything can happen in the National League Championship Series. And they beat the Dodgers all the time, so, so why not? Well, I know that you and Dave Harville are very happy right now. Um, we hope to be happier before the season. <laughs> <laughs> I always want to give a shout-out to our friend Dave Harville, who's recovering from a serious injury, but I think he's uh, doing much, much better. Great. Uh, That's great to hear. Yeah. Uh, so uh, what do you think, Scott, for MVP in the National League? Who do you like? Oh, you know what? I really haven't given it a hell of a lot of thought, but, uh, you know, they got to be somebody from the Dodgers. I mean, Bellinger's the real deal. There's no doubt about it. Yelich is, is pretty great also, but if they don't win, I don't think he gets it. So it, it's, it's one of those guys, I think. What do you think about Rendon? Yeah, he's in there, too. I mean, there's no doubt about it. There's, yeah, those are the three guys we like. Yeah. Yeah, there. Yeah, those are those are three good choices, no doubt about it. Yep, yep. Well, uh, so what's what's going on with play at the plate, Mr. Green? Well, actually, we're coming down the stretch. We uh, putting the teams together the next couple of days for our Cooperstown event. Not this weekend, the following weekend, and we only have six or seven spots left for Texas, um, which I think will sell out. A lot of guys still on the fence, and we'll be in playing some of the last games ever at the ballpark at Arlington, Globe Life Park, on the 20th and 21st, and then Rickwood in October, and then we're going to uh, take some time off, and I'll uh, babysit the grandkids more and more, and we'll uh, get ready for our 17th season next year. Fantastic. You know, that uh, uh, that deal in Arlington is a, a really great value. Uh, if you, if you... Uh, it's, uh, it's a sh- not going to be used anymore but on the other hand it's 101 degrees down there today <laughs> about and uh you know you're not going to sit in the heat to watch a fourth place i mean that's you know that's the unfortunate economics about what's going on there so they're going to get a new park right across the street and uh, they'll have a roof on it and it's down the block from uh where the cowboys play so really nice part of uh, of the world and uh I give them a lot of credit. The uh, Rangers embraced this from the get-go, and there may be some other things going on with them uh, in my future also, so I'm very happy to say. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, uh, uh, great organization, uh, the Texas Rangers, and a great organization is Play at the Plate. Uh, you can always check out Scott's website, playattheplate.org. Uh, tell me, Scott, uh, you're going to get to play at Texas, any? Oh, hell yeah. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I may not play at Cooperstown because we have two fields going. It's a lot of running around. But, uh, yeah, I'm not going to any major league ballpark and not getting in the batter's box ever. Uh, I, do, well, I do this for a reason and uh, for a lot of reasons. And that's not the most important one, but it is one of the reasons. Well, so, I've been to Cooperstown. Uh, yeah, I certainly uh, plan on stepping in there and uh, taking some rips. Scott, I've been to Cooperstown with you now three times. And twice with my son, and I can tell you, it's just a great experience. It's a cool uh, little uh, New York, upper upstate New York town that uh, has all these great baseball sh- shops. Uh, the you know the museum is there, the Hall of Fame. 
you know, my favorite broadcaster is enshrined there, as well as some players that I just really loved. And uh, to get to play on that historic field is uh, is pretty cool. And besides that, I'm a right-handed batter. And if I get real lucky and the wind is blowing out to left, I might have a chance with that short left field wall. No, I mean, everybody asks you. You do have a chance. You're still a good player. It's not, you know, bemoaning yourself every time I speak to you on this radio program of how uh, lucky you need to be. You're still a hell of a player. That's all I can tell you. Well, I, I have this huge bruise on my back from pitching, which shows you that uh, my mechanics for throwing the ball are not quite right. I pulled a muscle in my back a couple weeks ago. I did get the win, but uh, it's ugly. Yeah, my wife thinks uh, my wife thinks I'm crazy for still playing baseball, <laughs> and I'd be crazy well, not to. Uh, Scott, yeah, exactly. You would be crazy not to. If you can keep playing, you keep playing. Scott, I really appreciate your joining us every time you do, and I'm really happy for you that your your Cardinals are in first place because I can hear it in your voice that you're happier. I, you know, well, a lot happier that a lot happier that I was in mid May. I can tell you that much. I, I didn't think they were going anywhere, but uh, they're coming. There. They've got a good bullpen now. The bullpen's been solidified. They got a kid named Helsley. He is the real deal, and he took over. I mean, you got to remember the Cardinals lost Jordan Hicks back in early June, and uh, this kid Helsley's come in. Martinez has become a closer. Andrew Miller's throwing the ball better now. Uh, and I'll tell you another thing. I like Mike Schilt as a manager. I don't think he uh, – I thought maybe he was a little flash in the pan thing. He's a good manager. I watch him every day. He's a good baseball man. And I got a feeling he's going to be the Cardinals manager for a good long time. And I'm not going to be shocked if they make a deep run into the playoffs because the Cardinals win when they're not supposed to. That's <laughs> why it, throughout their history, they never win when they are supposed to. So who knows? Uh, this could be 2006 all over again. Don't remind me. Don't remind me of 2006. I have to. <laughs> it won't be as heartbreaking, though, for us, Jess, because we know there's no shot of the Tigers making the World Series. Hey, the Tigers are only 45 games out of first place. Hey, there. Come on. Now. Have they been eliminated yet? Have they been yeah. Oh, yeah, they were eliminated. oh, yeah, a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Maybe a month and a half yeah. ago. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's ugly. <laughs> They're absolutely the worst team in baseball right now. The only thing we I have to play for really is... I wasn't familiar with how bad their record was until I saw it the other day. Oh, my God. Oh, it's more <laughs> like 48 games, uh, 48 games under 500. Uh, Whoa. Yep. yep. Scott, my wife makes me watch because she's an avid fan. And, you know, I've actually gotten interested in some of our younger players and watching what's going on with them. Well, Scott, thanks for joining us. We're gonna, well, we're gonna... Thanks for having me on, as always. We're going we're gonna to run your ad right now and uh, give you a little PR. And uh, thank you so much for being on with us again hey, today. Thank you, Jess. Thanks, guys. I'll speak to you next week if you let me. Thanks, right, guys. Okay, thanks. All right. Take care. Cool. Thanks. See you. That's playattheplate.org. Here we go. Would you like to play some baseball? Do you still dream of playing on a major league field, experiencing the magic of places like Field of Dreams? For 15 years, Play at the Plate has been making dreams come true. Play at the Plate offers you the chance to play ball. Join us for a lifetime experience. Go to playattheplate.org or call Scott Green at 631-255-4475. That's 631-255-4475. That's playattheplate.org. you got to call Scott. You just have to. If you 
you know, you might be a softball player and you think you can't hit a hard ball. You can. This is uh, this isn't Major League Baseball. Uh, and uh, if you can hit a softball and you can field a little bit and you love baseball, you'd have fun. If you play in an MSBL team, uh, Roy Hobbs team, you'd enjoy this a lot. You meet a lot of great people and you'll have a great time. That's playattheplate.org. Check it out. That Cooperstown tournament is a lot of fun. Uh, a couple great fields, uh, uh, Double Day Park, and there's another field they play on that uh, a gentleman who runs a, uh, a camp uh, has put in a baseball field that looks like kind of like Iowa. It's got a uh, cornfield in the back background that gives you a nice uh, uh, background. Mm. And, uh, uh, it just It's pristine. If you want to play on a nice field, oh, it's wonderful. Mm. Anyway, playattheplate.org. Check it out. You will have a great time. Well, uh, what do you think about MVPs there, uh, Mr. Ethan? Well, I think the American League, it's between Trout and O'Mayhew. And I'm sorry to say I don't think O'Mayhew has much of a shot. No. Uh, until Mike Trout retires, because he'll be in the American League for the next 13 years or so, however long that extension was, plus what he already had, mm-hmm. um, I, I find it really hard to see many players taking the MVP away. Well, Mike for Trout, at least for the next five to six years. He's, if he's as dominant as he has been the last few years yeah. over the next five to six years, he very easily could be your MVP for a good majority and of those he, years. He has his own personal PR agent in Brian Kenny on the MLB channel. Yeah. Yes, he does. But, uh, you know, well, let's, you know, LeMahieu has a better average, has yeah. fewer RBIs, has fewer stolen bases, has a lower on-base percentage, has a lower OPS, has hit fewer home runs. However, he has struck out a lot less. Uh, he's similar plate appearances. LeMahieu ha- strikes out 13.7% of the time. Mm-hmm. Trout strikes out 20.17% yeah. of the time. Just I throw those in. Yeah, but, but LeMahieu's going to get agree. hit. Trout has the better numbers. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm just more, you know, LeMahieu's numbers look great. But also look at that lineup. Yeah, look who's Look who around hits him. around him. Look who he hits in front of. Are you going to try and pitch? I mean, honestly... How many how many walks has he accumulated this year? Who Lemayhew? Yeah, Lemayhew has walked forty times. Okay, Trout has walked. I have a good feeling that a majority of those forty times weren't thinking, "Hey, you know, I just missed missed on four pitches, and yeah. I was trying to pitch him more or less." I was trying to either get a double play and I threw everything low, mm-hmm. or trying to get a pop up and I threw everything way too high because I don't want to face who's behind him. How many times has Trout walked? How many at bats this year? He has uh, 585 plate appearances. Good. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say he's or walked around 60 times. 107. There we go. Woo! So there's your answer. <laughs> yeah. they, he doesn't always get a good pitch to hit because no. there isn't always somebody batting behind him. Yeah. And batting behind Trump is probably Pujols or maybe Otani. Yeah. Otani uh, is he still strikes recovering. out a lot. And Pujols is definitely at the end of his career. Yeah. So he doesn't have great guys batting around him. No. Nope. And, uh, you know, I'll give it to Mike Trout. I, I look at these numbers. You know, I, I you know, at first I start putting down these numbers. I go, 293, that's a pretty good batting average. But, you know, LeMahieu's 332. Yeah. 
He's going to have we, just yeah. a crap ton of MVPs I mean, I mean, over but, uh, a World Series ring before he retires. Here's yeah. the numbers that count to me. Trout has 101 RBI. Has 11 stolen bases. This is a guy, when he gets on base, you can't just ignore him. No. The way that happens to a speed. lot of guys. He has a 439 on base. That's a remarkable <laughs> on base. Do you know that Ty Cobb's lifetime on base percentage was 444? There was a guy that ran, mm-hmm. right? He's in that he's in that yeah. league, right? Yeah. Um, he has a 1.081 OPS with 43 homers. He struck out 108 time, 118 times, but that's not terrible. He's, it's 20%. Ronnie Rodriguez, mm-hmm. what's he striking out? <laughs> 38% of the time, something uh, like that? It's true. So, um, and I, well, he, there's there no is, comparison there is between those two guys. A big drop off between those two. But what I'm saying, the major league average is probably close it's to 30%, probably, right? I would say probably closer to 24 or 25. Well, I'm, I'm talking about versus plate appearances, oh. not versus at bats. Okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Yeah. That on-base percentage to me, if you could say, I'm going to be on base 44% of the time, and I'm going to hit you over 40 home runs, mm-hmm. I don't care what your batting average is. Nope. Yeah. I, you're I, on base, you're doing your job. And, and 100 RBIs. Yep. yep. And so can, your batting and, average, yeah. it could be 250. And I can mm-hmm. steal bags. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, my biggest gripe about Mike Trout, is Brian Kenny? Mm. I'm tired of hearing about war. Yeah, don't well, tell me war. Tell me about how much the guy gets on base. Well, tell me about run score. Hold on, war. but but war does. Tell me what it, war is. Wins above replacement. What does that mean? Means hey, if I'm not in the game, are you going to win the game? By whose definition? How, how much of an impact do I make? And you know, you see it now. They have offensive war and they have defensive war. I just don't feel like those numbers are really mean anything because, like, well, yeah, well, well, think, well, think, are you going to win the think, game without a certain way. player? It's like, yeah, they probably think, won't think win that game because that game is that holding the down. The, the Angels are not have not been contenders for a while now. Uh-huh. <laughs> but imagine yeah. if you take Trout out of the equation for them. Yeah, they're finishing in the bottom five every year. Sure. I don't care about how decent the rest of that lineup is. The pitching staff is crap. Yeah, the bullpen is. Above average, actually, in my opinion, it's kind of like the Tiger bullpen. You never know what you're going to get. If you don't have Mike Trout, you don't have a winning team. You don't even come close to having having do a manager, winning team. Do managers have war? Oh, I was going to ask the same question. <laughs> no, they have. Are do they have job security or are they fighting for their life every day? That that that's their war is. How comfortable of a position are they in to keep their job? I no, just, well, because I mean, just, because you, unlike a player like Trout or anybody who has a multi-year deal, they're more more than likely going to be like, okay, we don't want him on the team anymore, so we're going to try and trade him. Well, With no, the that, coach, I mean, it's more yeah. you're going to be gone if you don't figure out your stuff. Well, that too, but also just the fact that like. Say the manager gets kicked out of a game and then it's being replaced by the bench coach or somebody or the hitting coach. Like, does that factor into the into the style well, of play or how you win what, a game? What they get thrown out for? Uh, probably arguing <laughs> Paul's strikes. Well, you know, because that it, seems to be it, the trend nowadays for yeah. everybody. Everybody is like, well, you know what? Screw that rule of not arguing balls and strikes. We're going to still do it, and we're going to make a big spectacle out of it. Yeah. Seems like that was well, this well, was the year to do it. Well, nowadays, not even that. It's more or less, you know, 
or defending play, a player. Play, but say players being defended on, mm-hmm. you know, my guy got hit, so right. we're going to hit your guy. Right. And now everybody's pissed. Yeah. Or, you know, the stupid gardener hitting the top of the dugout with the bat. Garden, yeah. Yeah. Well, I my, still don't understand that. Not my that. favorite Yankee. Uh, <laughs> That's not my National Yankee. National League MVP. I think these three, Bellinger, Yelich, and Rendon, are pretty close if you look at the stats. It, it's going to be Bellinger. You even think though, so? Even though yeah, I I'm going to go Yelich, with Bellinger on that one. I, I think, think Yelich cooled off I think off Yelich can steal it, but typically you're going to see the MVP have the best season, but also be on a winning team. Bellinger and Rendon are the two on winning teams right now, and Bellinger, I think, has got Rendon beat by a wide margin. The only thing Rendon can do is possibly steal a few uh, first place votes, which could really help Bellinger. Yeah. Uh, win. Well, th- there are there are some stats that the stats I like are on mm-hmm. base percentage. Yep. Bellinger four fourteen, Yelich four twenty one, Rendon four seventeen. I'd take any one of those guys mm-hmm. on my team. The the one one of the things that stands out for Yelich is twenty six stolen bases. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you know the other you know they all have great RBI totals. Bellinger one hundred three, Rendon one eleven, mm-hmm. Yelich ninety three, home runs. Bellinger forty four, Yelich forty three, Rendon thirty two. The lowest strikeout guy is Rendon. He's only struck out 74 times. That's 13.7% of his Mm -hmm. Mm at-bats. I'll take him, one of those guys. Yeah. I I, I think you can make an argument for any one of them. Sure. The lowest batting average is Bellinger. He's only batting 311. Um, And uh, Rendon's batting 337. And, And just so we all are aware, Rendon is a free agent after this year. Well, he's probably coming to the Tigers. Don't he? Has oh, wow. to. You know, let's, let's get that money together, Corey. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, that would if, not if be a trade if, if Washington doesn't at least get uh, oh. a, a wild card spot, mm-hmm. they've got a lot of payroll they're going to have to deal with. I, I don't see a world in where they don't offer him an extension, whether it's going to be what he'll, if he'll take it. But he'll definitely get an extension off. He's going to want it long term, won't he? Yeah, I mean, he's going to be 30 next year. Sure. Five year deal. Fine. Is yeah, what I it, see him seeking. If Rendon would be a fool to take anything less than mm. a five. Well, no, no, yeah. I take that back. Anything less than a four. We should be agents. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, we had a guy pitch for us we yesterday did. here in Detroit yeah. that we've been waiting for a long time. Yeah. Unfortunately, a season or so ago, had Tommy John mm-hmm. surgery. He is back. And he, he is with the Major League team Yeah, now. they brought him up yeah. uh, sub, uh, September 1, mm-hmm. and he pitched yesterday and had a perfect inning, did he not? Uh, yeah, he had a 1-2-3 inning, and we're talking about Brian Garcia, who this year was in the minor leagues for a heavy majority of the year from single A Lakeland all the way through triple A Toledo. Uh, his stats overall in the minors, he appeared in 38 games, had a 3-0 record, two saves, a 3.05 ERA, a 1.13 whip over 41 in the third innings, striking out 47 while only walking 16. And yesterday he comes in in the ninth inning, Pitches a one-two-three inning, so one appearance to, for his major league career. A zero-zero-zero ERA, a zero-zero-zero WHIP, and one inning pitch. Imagine coming in your first major league appearance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're facing 
Nelson Cruz. <laughs> the tiger I hold killer. Up, I hold up four fingers and say, go to first. <laughs> and then, ho- then hope I pick him off. Whatever. He got him out. Yeah. <laughs> he, you know, he came in. You know, guys had Tommy John surgery. Yeah. The first fastball was 94. Mm-hmm. He threw one later in the at bat, 95. Good. So the guy's yeah. arm is back. Mm-hmm. I think they. Here's uh, they, the thing: you they, just don't hang him for Nelson Cruz. Well, they did. He didn't. hangs him. He, you hang him. Look, he's gonna bang him. You know, this guy. The uh, best thing in baseball, to be honest. You hang him. We yeah. bang him. He, he may hangs be, it. You bang it. This guy may be the real deal. We shall see. That's only one inning, yeah. but he's progressed right on up through the minor leagues. He, here he is in the big leagues. They're going to give him a shot. We have prospects. We this have could, pitchers. This could be our setup guy because sure. it doesn't look like Buck Farmer is going to be. Good Lord. Uh, I honestly think Buck Farmer will be traded in the offseason. I hope if so. Not, if not released. Um, Buck Farmer they, has some stuff. He just is erratic. Yeah. Yeah. There, there maybe was, with a better team, he's a better p- pitcher. Sure. There, uh, there was some interest in him uh, as trade bait during this last trade deadline. So you know, so teams are seeing interest in him. Sure. And you know, we talk about how the Tiger bullpen is sketchy every year. I just do want to point out because I saw this uh, yesterday. Does do you guys remember Kyle uh, Farnsworth? No, uh, Kyle Ryan. Kyle Ryan. Oh yeah. Um, so I saw a video from yesterday's game. For the Cubs, Kyle Ryan's pitching against Court or uh, Kyle Seager. Mm. Kyle Ryan, you know the tall, lengthy lefty, throws a curveball. Seager just ducks like he just gets into like, you know, a, a ball. Yep, and uh, ball curveball goes right over his head, right into the strike zone for a called third strike. What? And you just see Kyle Seager standing in the box like getting ready, and the ump's like, "You're out." <laughs> He's like, like he, he could not believe it. But, it. but you see the replay, and he imme- like immediately sees the ball out of the hand and just curls up into a ball and perfectly right down the middle. Well, uh, strike three. Uh, in in the league I play in, it's a fifty-five and over league. There's a guy named Willie Boyd. Did the same thing to me last season. Huh. So I decided. It's everything he throws me is going to be a curve. If it's coming at me, it's going to break. I'm standing in there. First time he threw me a pitch that looked like it was going to hit me, guess what? It hit me. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, I'm getting hungry. So what do we have on the menu today? So we finished up with our 30 MLB ballpark, so I figured we're going to go down to Toledo into fifth third field and see what the Mud Hens got on the menu. Hey. And, uh, we're going to start off with the Philly Reuben sandwich, which is sliced corned beef topped with sauerkraut oh, and Swiss cheese on a fresh hoagie bun. Yep. That's well, at what least I it's want. a fresh hoagie bun. Yeah. I hate to have a stale hoagie bun. Oh, yes. That looks good. Now, uh-huh. now the hoagie, in my opinion, has to be grilled. Has to. And you with, have to. With, if it's like a Philly cheesesteak. Well, it depends on how they bake the bread, though. But, yeah, no, usually grilled. So what yeah. kind of meat is this? Uh, it's Corned beef. Okay, it's supposed to be corned beef. Yeah. yeah so it's now, a corned beef sandwich on a hoagie bun. Now, yeah. the in order for... The hoagie buns will make it a Philly. In order for my <laughs> cardiologist to be happy, it should be turkey. And instead of the uh, oh, we sauerkraut... We a little. Instead of the sauerkraut, I'd prefer coleslaw... And we'll have the Russian dressing. But other than that, with no bun I'm in. in a bowl, you know, <laughs> maybe well, you almost lightly need a bowl tossed. For this. this looks a little messy. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't know. That looks delicious. I, and then the next item. Well, wait a minute. I might have some OCD messy. here because I can't stand for my hands to be sticky when I'm eating. 
Well, I get that. It, I do. Yeah. For some foods, I do. Like really sticky foods, I can't. When but I, some messy foods like this, I'm okay. Just when I that. become the chef at a ballpark, mm -hmm. we're going to offer finger bowls with our Fing with our food. You guys don't even know what oh, that is. Oh, with a little... Dun, 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 move on. Move on. No, yeah. I know what you're talking we, we, about. We got one more food to get to, and this one is definitely looking like, looking like a messy one, and this, it's the S'more Funnel Cake. Ooh. Um, it is a funnel cake drizzled with chocolate sauce and then topped with graham crackers and, of course, mini marshmallows. Oh, baby. So Ooh. you want a sugar rush at the ballpark? We can get that in Toledo? Yeah. But they're, <laughs> they're done, aren't they? That is a, uh, yeah, I believe they are, yeah, yeah. But this was a new item they added this year. And That's we're where just we, learning about it at the end of the season. We're going there opening <laughs> day next season. Okay. I don't know. It's going to be pretty well, cold. One of our one of our road trips is where we're going to go around Michigan to the uh, affiliates. We're going to yeah, go okay. to Grand Rapids. We're going to go to Toledo, and then we'll go to. Are we going to go to U of M too? We don't have to. <laughs> one of the places we need to go, even though they're not affiliated with the Tigers, is Dow Diamond in Midland. Okay. Beautiful ballpark. Sure. Uh, they're affiliated, I believe, with the Dodgers. They're A ball for the Dodgers. Okay. Uh, nice park. Get great crowds. Um, we also got the Lansing Lugnuts for the Oh, yeah. The Blue Who Jays? are the Lugnuts are affiliated Blue with the Jays. Blue Jays? Yeah. Did uh, Mr. Beetle go through there? Mr. Birdie? Birdie. Yeah, I'm he sorry. spent a time Beetle's there. Beetle's the guy on. Uh, uh, the Greenway. Greenway. Yeah. Sorry. Doodle juice? What? Not Beetlejuice. <laughs> no, that's sometimes we have, we're having too much fun here today. <laughs> well, you know, uh, we're running out of time. We've had so much fun. Wanna wanna say thank you to Scott Green for joining us, playattheplate.org. And thank you very much to Century Mortgage Lending for sponsoring this episode mm -hmm. and some episodes to come at CenturyMI.com. For Corey, Ethan, and Angel in the booth, this is Jess Monticello saying thanks for joining us at Baseball Mainly. Let's play two.